Welcome to episode 112 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Jeff Dalzell. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Jeff. Jeff, what's going on, man? We've already been talking for, for a while as, as coaches go who actually <laughs> know each other. It's like we set to to talk and then we just talk and we're like, oh yeah, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be recording this and like adding something to this, but <laughs> what's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. We're, we're 20 minutes into <laughs> conversation. It's like, oh, this is probably has some value to other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 We should just hit the record button and, and, and let's go. Jeff and I met just for context. People who listen to the podcast have heard about the raise the bar event and all that stuff. Jeff and I met at that, at mm-hmm. that event, happened to, to sit beside each other, mutual friend, uh, Big John. So uh, that's how we met and that's how we got here. So uh, Jeff, mm-hmm. let people know who you are and what does he do and however it is that you like to introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, name's Jeff Delzell. Um, and I predominantly, I train people in New Hampshire, in the United States, north of Boston. For those of you who don't know where that is, uh, I do some small group and some one-on-one training in person. Um, and then I also online uh this is where i predominantly spend my time um coach parents um with young kids oftentimes who are which is me that's my <laughs> current state of life on kind of how to lose weight and keep it off in in the midst of the craziest season of life um to feel confident and and kind of back to their pre-kid confidence levels crazy season of life is definitely correct obviously I have no <laughs> personal experience with it, but you've got three very young kids and that it seems like yes. an impossible task to be able to handle for me. But I mean, I'm sure there's strategies and obviously ways you get around it and figure it all out. But like, never mind fitness. I'm just talking about like life and how you, how you get yeah. around that. So, I mean, kudos to you for that and, and for, for showing the way for people because it's obviously not easy. How, how old are your kids again? I know you talk about this, but I can't remember that. They're all very close in age. Yeah, so my son literally just turned three two days ago, and then uh, I have twin. Uh, they're almost eighteen months old now, 19, 17 months old, uh, year and a half old twins. So a boy and a girl. Um, yeah, that was a fun surprise here. pregnancy, and then the double surprise of of we twins, which is always so long. We had no <laughs> keeps you on your now, toes. And now we're somehow just losing the feet. This makes no sense at all. Oh, oh I can hear you now. There you go. You're back. Yeah, I, I was just saying, how, how is it possible uh, that we were talking for so long? No issues, perfect quality, everything. Yeah. And then we start recording and then it's, it's pitching on us, but that's <laughs> yeah. fine. I'll, I'll just try and clip yeah. that out or whatever. But, uh, but anyways, yeah. you were saying. Yeah. So my, my son just turned three, uh, two days ago. And then I have 17 month old twins, a boy and a girl. Um, so they were a surprise, a little bit of a surprise pregnancy. And then the bonus surprise of, Twins, so yeah. I I can't say I have three under three anymore uh, that I was saying, <laughs> but basically still there. Pretty yeah, close. so it's close three enough. three little children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it is beautiful, but also but also a a challenge for for sure. So yeah. most people, not most people, a lot of people don't have kids like me, but we all have things that pull mm-hmm. at our time, and you know we can yeah. sub in a child for your business, for your social life or whatever. It's obviously not the same because you can just choose no. to like not go out on Friday night and, and be fine. You can't just choose to <laughs> ignore your kid for, for a day. Um, but what yeah. are some of your strategies? Like how do you set up your own schedule so that you're able to still take care of yourself while also taking care of your kids and all the other things you got to get done? 
Yeah, I I think the the things that we you talk about are common across the board, which is it's a matter of identifying priorities and identifying a hierarchy of things. Um, so for me, especially when I talk to parents, but it's I'm a more effective parent. I'm a more effective coach. I'm a more effective friend, business owner, anything like that. When I'm also taking care of myself and and parents, it's really easy because we just pour out, we pour out, we pour out because no matter what kind of energy you have, kids want a hundred percent of you and life wants a hundred percent of you in, in whatever situation you're in, whether it's kids or otherwise. And so when you're pouring from an empty cup, which oftentimes is the case, if you're not taking care of yourself, then that's where you start to become not the parent that you want to be or the person that you want to be. And so for me, it can feel selfish at times to be like, oh, it's self-care, quote unquote, self-care. And this has kind of become a little bit of a thing. And now it's a little bit kind of taboo in the other direction. But prioritizing yourself is actually allows, at least prioritizing myself allows me to be more effective for my kids and and for my family. And so that can be something as simple as, all right, hey, I got to block, I got to block this workout time off for myself. Um, I got to block off time, you know, in the evenings, I got to block off time to, to go spend some time with, with friends to have time with my wife. We try to do a date night every other week, um, as best we can, you know, sometimes babysitters fall through, but those types of things are not just like, Oh, there's not an indulgence. It's a necessity because they very easily can, can derail you. And so there was a season um, where I woke up at four in the morning every single day, um, in order to get a workout in because there was, and this was, this was a year ago because of how my schedule laid out. That was when I knew I would get an uninterrupted hour to work out and to have, and on the days that I didn't work out. So it's not like I was, I was working out three days a week, but on the days I didn't work out, it was time for me to, to read or have quiet time or to do some work or, or whatever it was that was, an important piece of, of it. But then coming back to priorities, it was, all right, if when it's expecting the inevitable disaster, there's something about kids like you, I can have a schedule, but that gets pretty much blown to hell every single week. Like as a, as an example, normally my kids are, are with, uh, my, the twins are, are, I don't need to get them until four o'clock on, on Tuesday when we record this, I have to go get them at three today. So that's an hour that I, was expecting to have that I wouldn't have because of whatever reason. So expecting that and then having, all right, where are the things that I can shave off from my schedule that, that aren't. And so kind of picking the necessities and when I build out my schedule and taking care of myself, whether that's a workout, whether that's just time to read or, you know, go for a walk or spend time with my wife or a friend putting those in as, as also non-negotiables and recognize that, Hey, maybe my business doesn't grow as, as quickly as I might like it to. Um, but prioritizing that time for myself so that I can then prioritize my time with my kids. Um, and so it's the needs and the urgency, the degrees of urgency, I think is, is how I do it and how I talk to most of the parents that I work with, um, because you can't do everything. Yeah, I think there's a couple good things you you said there. One of this is this concept of like just prioritize and execute where because you don't have a lot of time to just waste and if you want to get really philosophical, none of us have any time to waste, but you don't have any yep. time you don't have any time to just like just do nothing and just kind of hang out and, you know, 
push things off in forever indefinitely. So you've got to think about what's the most important thing. I've got two hours of time. What can I actually get done in this time? And then just make that decision, do it, get it done. Because you know that later on, you're not going to have that time. And so you've got to mm-hmm. be spending time with the kids or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think another concept here is this whole concept. Something that I talk about often is like training hard when you can, when you know that there this week looks like a normal schedule, let's just say for you. Yeah. And you know, like, all right, I can get in three, four solid workouts, whatever your, whatever your program is. And you can push that because you know that next week you might not be able to work out or inevitably something is going to happen. One of the kids is going to get, going to get sick. They've got to, you know, their, their babysitters fall through whatever it is. And so then you're going to have to not, you're going to have to like workouts are going to have to fall by the wayside because you've got to sleep. You've got to take Mm -hmm. care of the kids. And so it's like push when you can, because you know that something is going to happen at some point where you're not going to be able to, to do it. And so you want to kind of like bank those workouts, so to speak. It doesn't, you know, obviously we know it doesn't really work like that, but you're kind of banking those workouts so that you get it in when you can, because you know that eventually that's going to go away. So I think that that's like a hugely important point for, for people at all, in all stages of life. Like if something crazy happens in someone's job, you know, you've, it's a busy time, whatever, you've got to work late, whatever, you might have to skip your workouts and like, and that's okay, but it's, it's more okay if you've been pushing hard when you were able to. Well, the the other side of it too is is building in some some flexibility to your schedule so for the inevitable things like you're talking about. So, if I let's just say that I'm I'm of the mindset that I'm going to do five workouts a week and I'm going to do some sort of let's get really kind of into the nitty gritty. Like I'm going to do a bro split for anybody who's you know like I'm going to do body parts. I'm going to do chest on Monday and I'm going to do back you know whatever. That doesn't allow for as much flexibility. Because if you miss, let's say Thursday and Thursday was leg day, well, now you're either playing catch up or you're going to go a full week without, you know, training your legs. And that's how you start to look like a flamingo, you know, skinny little <laughs> legs and, and and just all poof up top. But if so building in flexibility to your workout schedule and into your workouts themselves so that, you know, all right, I can't. So this was a, a best example I can I can give for this is when when my twins were just born, and like this is as tired as of, of a life as I've ever you know been, where you know up middle of the night multiple times, and then the challenge that nobody tells you about when you're having one kid versus multiple kids. One kid, and again, this is, one kid. Yeah, you're up in the middle of the night, but then you can nap during the day when they nap. When you have a sec, an older kid, like I had a toddler and then the twins. Now the twin part of it is, is its own adventure, right? But you're up in the middle of the night with the baby, but then the toddler is awake during like at 6 a.m. and ready for the day. And so then you, you can't nap during the day because you got to be toddler parent. Right. And so as tired. And so I'm sneaking in during this time. Like if I had 15 to 20 minutes to get a workout in, that was a good day. And so the ability to be flexible with one your schedule, so total body is is probably the most flexible because you can put that really whenever. And if you miss a total body day, you just miss it. Not a big deal. You haven't derailed your schedule. But also being able to put it together in such a way that I'm I'm gonna pick four exercises and put them together in a circuit. And I'm gonna do it as many times as I can until the kids wake up. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, just, I'm going to go heavy. I'm going to quick warm up. And the whole thing is 18 minutes. I got one set of dumbbells, a bench, and I'm 
in the basement and and to be able to do have that flexibility so that it's not all or nothing but finding that middle ground in the midst of those busier schedules cuz then you can expand it certainly like you said go harder when you can but have the ability to not totally throw it's i have to do the hard or i can't do anything at all but being able to find some sort of a middle ground that you're not totally doing something very different from what you would normally do allows it to still feel like you check the box, even though it's not like, Oh, I did the the poor man's version of it today. It's like, Hey, I got a workout in today. Was it a 10 out of 10 workout? No, but it wasn't a zero out of 10 workout. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that. It can be challenging to, to be that flexible. Like it's, I guess easier for us to say because obviously we have a little bit more knowledge than than the average person mm-hmm. about training and how to yep. organize workouts and all these and all these things. Mm-hmm. But I think this is one of the reasons that I love podcasts because it allows allows us to like discuss this nuance where mm-hmm. you know you might see a post that is like going really hard and, and I'm I'm certainly guilty of it and not going super hard but mm-hmm. going hard enough on like you got to have a workout program have your goals like have your programs written yeah. out and your exercises and all that stuff and like and I think you should have that for the most part but at the same yeah. time it depends on your season of life if you know that like you're there's mm-hmm. no chance that you're going to be able to get four workouts in on a consistent schedule like an hour yeah. or hour and a half in the gym every day, then that program has no impact on you. And so no. at some point of your of your training journey, when things are getting crazy, the point of your workout program can be just to get in the gym and move. Like that is mm-hmm. that is also okay. And that can be a goal for a certain period of time when things are going when things are going nuts. But you've got to also be able to think about that and have a strategy around that. And like, okay, what equipment do I need? Because maybe you got to do it at home because you don't even have time to get yeah. to the gym. So Is it a set of adjustable dumbbells? Is it a barbell? Is it a set of kettlebells? Whatever it is. And like what four or five exercises can I do in sort of a circuit fashion? Like what's your go-to little mini workout that you can do at any time on a moment's notice and and just squeeze it in? And it's important to have those things. So I think that's a super, super important point and uh, and a really good tip as well. Do you you use a lot of the... um, like complexes, like a dumbbell complex or a barbell complex, or you use those often? I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big one for like you're talking like two moves, in, like a squat to press kind of thing, or no, no, or no. So, or no, even I, or I, like I, a I or that. I see what you're saying. <laughs> okay, so but or a complex like all right, hey, you have you know a barbell and you're gonna do a set of overhead press and then a set of front squats and then a set of you know bent over rows and yeah. then a set of RDLs or something like that. Yeah, I don't like do same same way. Keep the keep the bar in your hands. Yeah. Don't put the bar down. Do it for uh, like you know six reps of each, and then that's the round, and then call it. Uh. I have done those before. Um, I've done them personally. I've had clients do them. I tend to uh, not do those as much um, just because one of those exercises oftentimes is going to get shortchanged because the weight that you're going to use to press up overhead is probably not an appropriate weight for you to dumbbell squat. But I do try to pay. I try to group together exercises. So like for most of my clients, I tend to do like tri sets. So you got a a lower body exercise, an upper body exercise and a core exercise as an example or a carry. Right. So Mm -hmm. and then you just do two of those and that's a workout or we do a giant set if you press for time and you just take out one of the core. So again, to do like as an example, right, you do a Bulgarian split squats with your foot on a bench. Then you go to that bench and you do, you know, dumbbell bench press and then you get down on the floor and you do a side plank. And you just kind of go one, 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 and then you rest during it. So your legs are resting while you're 
upper body's working, your heart rate's going and things like that. Um, and then you do the other side of your body for the second grouping. So you do, and so it might be the same set of dumbbells or it might be two different ones or whatever, things that you can adjust, um, appropriately. And so when I'm doing it, if I'm doing a giant set myself, particularly if I'm at home, cause I got a set of adjustable dumbbells, I try to pick some exercises that tend to be where I don't have to go reset, but it's not like, Oh, I can't put the dumbbells down. So like if I'm going to do, you know, uh, a giant set over, right, I'm going to do a push, a pull, a, a, a squat and a hinge and a core. I'm going to try to pick those four exercises that are going to roughly, I could do the same dumbbell for all of them. Yeah. And, and I think that's such, so such an underrated I'm, part of programming is just, is just like yeah. figuring out how to use the logistics. same equipment. And yeah, logistics. Yeah. Exactly. Even like forget about time constraints and all that stuff. Like if you're in a busy commercial yeah. gym, you can't be dumbbell bench yeah. pressing and using like the lat pull down machine in a superset no, because you you'll it. never be able to keep those two, uh, those two pieces no. of equipment. You're going to, you're going to lose it. And then your whole program is thrown off. You're wandering around, you're holding dumbbells, but like walking around like that, that's a thing that has to be considered. So like, it's a great, if you had a, if you had a empty gym or a private gym or whatever, like that's a great pairing bench yeah. press and lat pull down. Sure. Whatever. But uh, like logistics yeah. matter a lot. So like understanding those things. And this is, I just think some of the value of having a coach, like it's like, oh, the, the someone who's thought For about sure. these things and understands like gym culture a little bit. And it's like, yeah, it sounds great to do certain exercises in a row, but then sometimes like it doesn't just work out. And then, and then you're just walking around like a yeah. you know deer in headlights around the gym. So yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that well, you almost called me out on the, the on the, go, go ahead. <laughs> oh well, and also to have the flexibility to understand. All right, if I I was planning to do lap pull downs, what do I do instead? Yeah, right. To be able to have the alternatives for that, so that you're not married to this this one thing, because sometimes that happens in a in a popular gym. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. No, I was just gonna say I'm happy that you almost uh, you were ready to call me out on the like the 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 paired exercise, <laughs> not the paired like the combo exercises of like a squat and a press or like a row and then a hinge. Like I I I can't like I mean listen I'm I'm all for like you know go work out and have fun and like do your thing, but like w- yeah. when you're doing like a a row or like a lunge and then a bicep curl or like a, a, a row like, and, <laughs> that like, and like a, my, like a rear oh, delt, a rear delt fly. Yeah. Like a rear delt fly in a, oh. in a RDL I've seen. It's like a rear delt fly. You might be using five, eight pound dumbbells and like an RDL you could be, yeah. you know, 50, 60, 70, the hundred is not unreasonable. Like there's are not the same thing yeah. at all. I just don't understand. <laughs> not the same thing. <laughs> now I'll put like, I'll do, like literally right now in a in a team training type cardio class that I'm I run and I write the program for one of the stations is a landmine squat to press but it's yeah. it's a cardio version of this exercise you're doing it for 30 seconds this is not right. you're not overloading your squat and you're not overloading your press this is a complex movement that's really the de- the design of it is to get your heart rate up which yeah. if that's the purpose of it by all stretch of the imagination <laughs> but yeah. you're doing a lunge with your with a single bicep curl weight, you are underserving your your lunges. Like you're not getting any better. Like there's no point in doing the lunge. And you're probably underserving your biceps because you're not in a stable position to be able to do that. And so right. neither one is now, if you if your goal is to get your heart rate up and it's cardio and you're just moving and all these things, absolutely. Are you getting stronger at either one of those exercises by doing it? No, you're not. And 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 this is the world that we live in on you know on social media is that you try to put stuff out there that looks cool and is novel when real training and making progress is 
requires just doing, as Ben Bruno famously said, the same 15 to 20 exercises over and over again until you die and just getting better (laughs) at them slowly and surely. But it's not like novelty is fun and great and it's nice to throw some stuff in. But yeah, you're not getting like I'm not I'm not banking on anybody growing their overhead pressing ability by doing these squat to presses in yeah. a metabolic circuit fashion. Right. And and I think that that's another important distinction is that one, it's the purpose of it is cardio and it might even be like a power exercise. Like you could make the same argument yeah. that sp- like a clean and jerk mm-hmm. is like so unspecific. That's like, well, why wouldn't you just do like different things? But the point of that exercise is generating like power from your whole body kind of thing. And so like a landmine squat to press would be the same type of thing, but you can, yep. If you can imagine in your head, like a lunge bicep curl is not that. There's no full body power generation that's happening there. You're just combining stuff for the sake of combining stuff. And like always, you know, we've already said it, you know, a few times each. Like, if you just want to have fun and get your heart rate up and get sweaty, like by all means, do whatever you want. Just don't call it strength training. And don't and honestly and uh, and honestly, you have to not expect to really improve your body composition or your strength at that point because you're just not doing the things that are conducive to doing that. And that's, and that's the hard truth, and that kind of sucks, but that, that is what it is. But then going back to what you said before, because this is, I think, because I teach classes at a gym, right? So I have small group kind of personal training where we are progressively overloading, meaning that we're doing the same exercises mm-hmm. for at least four weeks at a time, and we're trying to improve whether more reps, more weight, more mechanical difficulty, you know, slower, whatever, et cetera. That's that. But I also do run this team training type class where it's like you just come in and, you know, we're here and we're just going to 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off, a couple times at each station, move around the room. The whole thing takes 38 minutes or something like that. And we're done. Your heart rate's up. That's a cardio class. Like we can't we can't think that this is and there's incredible benefits to doing something like that. Now, there's some strength training in there to some degree as well. But the like in terms of the movements, but you're not doing them as progressive overload. Like you're just, you're doing some, some things there that are, you know, getting the movement patterns down as well. But there is benefit to, to going to a class and doing it. But the benefit is not necessarily you're going to get stronger, build more muscle, et cetera. You're going to get your heart rate up, which is a great thing. But Jordan Syed actually just said something about this two days ago. Um, It was like, if, if, Getting your heart rate up was all that it took to lose body weight. All you would do is just sit on the couch and watch a horror movie and you get (laughs) ripped. Getting your heart rate up is not the key to changing your body composition. It's a good thing for your overall health and fun and and getting part of it and doing all that stuff is, is wonderful. But in changing your body composition slash improving your health, you have to be a little bit more structured with what you're doing, including your cardio. Yeah. And so having some fun with your workouts, going to do a class is is fine, but don't expect to go in and do a class where it's different every single time or you go in and you're just, you know, you're sweating your butt off. Expect that to make the changes that you want to make to your body composition. Yeah. And I think it's just about, it's about being honest about what that thing is. And this is not the fault of anyone who attends these classes because it's not, it's not your fault that you don't know about physiology and exercise no. physiology like how would you be expected to know that the same way i don't know anything about someone else's job like, i don't know anything about no. law or accounting or whatever 
but then this this actually goes back a lot to you know something that kind of like Don Saladino and Luca Hosovar were talking about, where you got to kind of embrace the the fluff of marketing a little bit, but also not yeah. lie. And so it's like if you're running a group group class and you're marketing it as like get as strong as you've ever been, you know, like do all this like change your body composition, like all this stuff by just doing this. It's like okay, I, I get what you're what you're trying to do there, and like it's if to someone who's been doing nothing, just sitting on the couch eating potato chips. Absolutely, going to that group class is going to improve their strength because they have basically no strength or no physical yeah. attributes of note, or performance attributes of note, rather. So for sure, for that person, it's going to help. But for someone who's like just a little bit more advanced, it's not getting that. So it's like we got to be careful about this, like being fluff and marketing and selling ourselves, but also not lying to people and giving people false hope. Because that, that's the thing that I imagine about those kind of classes. If you enter that class thinking like, all right, I'm going to get jacked. I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to gain a bunch of muscle. I'm going to be super strong. And then you don't get that. Doesn't that set you up for disappointment? That's kind of just where I think, but maybe I just don't have enough experience with it. So I'm not sure. No, I think that that's the case because you can also look at people doing these classes who are in great shape and think that that's how they got there. Hmm. So I think about this uh, when I was having a really hard time staying consistent. This is probably eight eight years ago. I don't know if you ever did or or, or familiar. I'm sure you're familiar with Insanity, right? Yeah, Back yeah. when in P90X, right? These DVD things. That was the thing when I was in college, just trying to figure out how to how to stay in shape. And so I would do this. And you're like, you see all these people doing it and they're all ripped, right? Yeah. They're ripping their shirts <laughs> off and they're, but you have to, it's not, that's not how they got there. Yeah. They, they can do those workouts because they're in great shape not the other way around. So you're going over and you're like, how the heck are they doing this? Well, they're doing that because they're really strong. And it's the same thing with the stupid stuff that we see on Instagram all the time, the exercises that people think. So I I don't know if you remember, this is one that pops into my head, but there was a video of Derrick Henry, who's like wicked, one of the best running backs in the NFL. This is probably two, three years ago. It was like a video of his summer training and he's doing a push-up on a band stretched across a, 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 a rack. So his hands are on the band, his feet are on a, a Swiss ball, a physio ball, and he's got three chains on his back and he's going down and doing a push up. <laughs> so this is as, uh, now he can do that, not because he's trained to do that, but that was probably just like, let's just see what you can do today. But he could do that because he's probably done a gajillion regular push ups in various degrees of difficulty and dumbbell bench press and all of these movement patterns and stabilize his core through good exercises. And this was just like a, let's see something fun for the internet. It's yeah. not how he got as strong as he got to be the, one of the best in the NFL. He can do that because he's in good shape. That's not the mechanism to getting in shape. And I think we can do the same thing with group classes is we can think that the people in there who are in really good shape got there because of those classes. And some of them might have because they did, you know, whatever. But the vast majority of people are in shape because of other things. And that's why they can do the class and and look the way that they look. Yeah. I think another story, a good story about this, John Goodman has has told this one and that's where I heard it because I didn't know it before hearing about it from him. But it's the it's the the famous or the infamous photo of the guy doing a barbell back squat standing yep. on a on the, on a yoga on ball or a stability ball. Yep. ball. 
And that guy, yeah. I, I didn't know who he is, but that guy is actually apparently <laughs> yeah. like a pretty good trainer, a decently well-known yeah. guy, like a well-respected guy. And he was same thing, just kind of like fucking around in the gym, just like, yeah. let's see if I can yeah. do this. And it's like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that guy doesn't do that with his clients or anything. It's just, but when you're in shape and no. you're just doing stuff, you, sometimes you just play around in the gym the same way kids play around in the playground. Oh, I wonder if I could yeah. go off the monkey bars with my eyes closed. Like it's that kind of thing like that yeah. kids would do. Right. And you know, it's just yeah. the adult version of that. And so you mess around and then that picture goes viral and it's like, Oh, well this is so stupid or this is the way that we should do things. But it's absolutely not any of those things. It was just a guy messing around and ended up getting a cool photo for Instagram or a cool video of Derek Henry doing the, yeah. the whatever you want to call those type mm-hmm. of pushups and mm-hmm. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Even like the, not to harp on this guy, but the, I, this guy, I think his name is Joel. Joel, Joel Seidman. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know it's exactly like, who you were going to talk about. I knew exactly. Yeah. It's like this guy's training some of the best athletes in the NFL and other sports, and having them yep. do all this wild stuff. And it's like, well, they were already strong before they before they got yeah. to you because they've been training since they were yeah. seven years old. And like, yeah. if anyone's ever these are the best them. athletes in the world. Like, yeah. you didn't make them elite by your crazy exercises. Ben talks about this all the time. He's like, yeah. training athletes is the easiest thing in the world. Easiest. Thing. I even I train Division One girls lacrosse athletes, and I can give the most half-assed, like horrible demonstration of an exercise, and they'll do it better than I am. I can because they are elite level athletes and they do it so strong it's not because i'm so great it's because they are elite level athletes yeah and it's it's very hard to to differentiate that when you see this stuff it's like well how are they doing that why are they doing that why can't i do that it's like most Mm -hmm. people cannot do that like 99.9 percent of people cannot do those things and shouldn't do those things arguably those athletes shouldn't even be doing those things just because of like risk of injury like if they get injured it's not like oh you know they hurt their finger and it's like a little bit annoying it's like they lose out on lots of money and and it's a it's a way bigger way bigger impact so they should (laughs) really be sticking to more more of the basics almost training athletes is almost about making them not get injured rather than not (laughs) like derrick henry doesn't need to be any stronger he is plenty strong for his role he needs to be healthy on the football field and not get injured as to the best of his ability like him adding 50 pounds to his squat is like gonna have zero impact on his ability to to play the game of football right but but if you can do those training things and has fun and it's cool and gets followers maybe we're doing it wrong jeff i don't know maybe maybe yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well so like i'll get people who will send me stuff like that like i'll have clients or or people like that like what do you think of this and 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 they've gotten to the point now where they'll do it just to like hear me go off about it (laughs) you know just to get me like amped up because my when anybody comes in to train with me or anybody comes into a new class or anything like that, I say there's there's one rule in this class. One rule. Don't get hurt. That's the number one thing. Like I don't. Because if you get hurt and this is we talk about it, the the stakes are higher for guys like Derrick Henry. Right. But the stakes are just, you know, similarly high for us in that if you go to the gym and you do dumb, something dumb or you push yourself beyond what you're capable of then you're going to not be able to come in and work out the next time. And we talked about at the very beginning, the consistency trumps everything else when it comes to training, nutrition, any of it. We have to do it with consistency. So if I go in and I push myself really, really hard for one workout and that workout's a 10 out of 10, but then I'm so sore that I can't sit on the toilet for a week and a half and I can't do any more workouts, 
well, what was that workout worth versus going to like a seven out of 10 and being able to come back again two days later and again two days later. So by the time I get back to Monday, I've done three workouts for the price of one. Right. The other way around. And the same thing when we get hurt. So this is the reason why trainers, good trainers like you and and Ben and and Donna and Luca and all these guys are are so concerned with like doing the basics and doing them well is because the risk reward is so important. And why is the risk a problem? Well, because then you can't come and train and it's more important for you to show up and even do the more boring, maybe a little bit less weight and keep showing up because it's not about what can you do in six weeks. It's what can you do in six months or six years or 60 years, you know, like, can you keep doing this? It's more important to keep showing up. And the high level of that is Derrick Henry. But even for us to see the progress that we want to see, we got to be able to keep showing up. Yeah. I think even forget about your gym progress. Say in your example, your in your life situation, you go to the gym, yeah. you're messing around, you hurt yourself, you you hurt your shoulder, your elbow or something, whatever, and you come home and one of your kids is, Daddy, pick me up. And you can't pick yep. him up. That hurts I have way more for you. than most things. Or, you know, okay, let's play with the trucks on the floor and like, oh, I can't bend down because my back, because my knee, because, you know, whatever. Like that, that must hurt. I, I have a moment like that and it was, and, uh, so it was shortly after, uh, I don't remember. It was my son was, my oldest son was probably nine months old. So he was old enough that he was kind of crawling around and he kind of knew who daddy was and, and whatever. And I wasn't even, it wasn't even ridiculous, right? I was doing, I was just doing a, a, a barbell deadlift, which, you know, isn't a bad exercise. It probably wasn't, the, but that I, I, and I tweaked my back maybe doing it, but I felt fine afterward. But then I literally bent over to lift up the toilet seat and fell to the floor and like had to crawl myself. And I was laid up for, for three or four days and like couldn't really move. And my son would like crawl over to the side of the bed and kneel down and hold his hands up. Like daddy picked me up and I couldn't do it. And his like little nine month old heartbreak was the worst. And it was a moment for me. I'm like, I will never, again, let the gym impact my ability to take care of my kids. And so that's an extreme version of it. But even going back to the like, I'm going to obliterate myself with this workout and I'm so sore that I can't chase my kid around the yard. Yeah. Like how, how, like from a logical perspective, how dumb is it? Daddy can't play tag because I, I went too hard in the gym this morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or the flip side, I literally have had parents who who went so far the other way that were like, oh, I don't want to do this because I don't want to be tired for the gym later. Oh, wow. Like, all right, we've 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 missed our priorities here. Like the point of the gym is to allow us to live the rest of our lives with confidence and comfort and be able to do the things that we want to do. Unless you're a professional powerlifter or bodybuilder or actor and get paid to do this. The gym is a means to an end. And so if we're if what we do in the gym doesn't allow us to do our day to day, that's we're missing the point of the gym. Yeah. Well, very, very well said. And and of course I, I totally agree. I think even in the middle of that, where you've got people who are using the gym as a as a reason why they why they can't, I think what's probably more prevalent is people who don't exercise and are so far out of touch with their fitness and health that 
the even the thought of running around the backyard chasing the kid climbing up the 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 yeah. play structure or whatever is like not an option it's not that they like they just can't they can't do it like people haven't run since you know grade eight recess and they're 35 years old like that's a long time to have not run or like moved your body or even just played in some way and so i think that i mean probably doesn't affect as many people who would be listening to this because i assume if you're listening to this you at least somewhat care about (laughs) about fitness or health Mm -hmm. in in some capacity but there are many people who who just don't exercise at all who have who've got nothing going for them and then when it comes time to pick up the kid throw them up in the air play in the pool whatever Mm -hmm. it is it's just not just not a possibility and and they try and that that seems like very sad to me and because the kid doesn't understand like you said like your son is looking up at you he just he can't understand they're like oh daddy's back hurts like that's not and now in your case that was a that was a freak accident and like those things will happen but that's not it's after a few days or a couple weeks it's over and it's done but uh, it sounds like something that you're not going to forget so that will carry you through like this will never happen again as to the best of my ability yeah, for sure. Well, and that's it, it changed the structure, the way that I do my lifting, right? So I was going for like a a one rep max on a barbell deadlift, which I have no business doing. Like there's no reason for me to do that at this juncture in my life. So I've changed some exercises around. So I do, you know, trap bar deadlift now, which is just it's way more friendly. I, I, I've had no issues with my back doing trap bar deadlift where I've had issues with the barbell. And again, there's no mar- magical exercise. There's nothing better or worse about it. But then also... In doing that, you become a little bit more um, when you find stuff that works for you. So then when we were just talking about before this, when I went to Luca's gym, so I went to a, a, an event, uh, uh, gosh, probably a month ago now with some of the other trainers and I'm lifting in a, in a room full of a bunch of trainers, right? So we're all like, yeah, rah, 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 we're going to do nuts stuff. And then we're doing trap bar deadlift and L- Luca puts on more weight than I've ever done in my life for trap bar deadlift he put it on and i was like all right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be a pansy and and not go for it like you know luca and don are they're yelling at me right and and there's a video of it where my last rep is not flawless form by any stretch of the imagination but pushing through it and and got this and i did five reps and i was i was really proud of myself and it was like hey hooray this is this is great and it wasn't flawless but i was not sore at all the next day i flew across the country back the next day. So sitting and I was fine. I came home that night. I lifted my kids up over my head and I was fine as a result of doing the other things for months and months and months and months so that when the situation came my way, and now this was a a lifting situation, but when something comes in front of you that maybe you haven't trained explicitly for, this is going back to the Derrick Henry thing. I haven't trained explicitly to do that lift at that volume but I was like, I can give it a whirl. It's like if somebody were to come to me right now and they're like, hey, do you want to go hike this large mountain? Mm. I'm not hiking right now, but I have no problem thinking that I could go do it because I've trained in other things and, and I'm I'm ready to say yes. And the same confidence comes with, you know, how you feel about your body, right? To not feel like, okay, I'm I'm self-conscious if so if this person wants to go to the pool or my kids want to go swimming and what you know all of these things to be able to just feel the freedom to do whatever kind of comes your way and not be hesitant to oh am I going to hurt myself am I going is this you know am I going to be able to do this is everybody going to be looking at it? am I not going to feel good all of these things that are the voices in our heads 
that's where why training and and taking care of yourself can allow you a lot more freedom to just enjoy those different moments that come through your life. So it's it's one, not the sad things of like, oh, that's a bummer, but also the opportunities that come your way to like, I instigate it right now with my kid. I'm like, run away, kid. I'm going to chase you, <laughs> you know, and and he's like, daddy, let's go. Yeah. And I'm I'm right after him. And and to be able to do that versus be like, oh, I'm just wiped out and don't want to do it. Like there's freedom that comes with taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said, man. It's like you just you're able to just live your life however you want it. And if you're not into hiking, you're not into like swimming or, you know, yeah. whatever. I don't know. Snowboarding. If you're just not into like those activities. Yeah. Like that's fine. You don't have to do those things. But it's nice to have the option to be able to physically yeah. do those things and to and to say no versus being wanting to do those things and then be like, ah, I can't, my back, my my weight, I'm self-conscious, mm-hmm. I, I physically just can't do that activity or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's a really it's a really tough place to be to not be able to do that. I had that experience when I had like a huge knee surgery like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this was only for like a, a short period of time and I was gonna get better and whatever, but there was yeah. like a whole bunch of stuff through that whole summer like including going to the bathroom by myself that I just couldn't do. And like, that's a horrible feeling. And so, you know, you extrapolate this further down your life and yeah, you want to be able Mm -hmm. to, to run after the kids and all this stuff. But like, do you want to be able to put your clothes on by yourself? Like go Mm -hmm. to the bathroom by yourself, get your groceries inside the house. Mm -hmm. Like it's very hard for people, I think to, to start to think about that when they're 50, 60, 70 years away from that happening, but it's going to happen. And if you don't start now, like, yeah, sure. You can start strength training when you're 80. You'd be better off if you started when you're 30. Right. (laughs) And it's just about, it's just about getting real life in. Yeah. Well, so this is, I heard this before. um, And, and the phrasing of it, I I, kind of like is if you want to feel like you're 40 when you're 60, you need to train like you're 40 when you're 20. Hmm. So the idea of like, we think that when we're younger, we can just beat the hell out of our bodies. And to some degree, our bodies are going to bounce back a little bit better, but it's wear and tear. Like our our car, our bodies are like a car, you know, like all you have to do is you, you just look at some of these like NBA players who are, you know, who are seven feet tall, uh, but are like hunched over now because they just beat the heck out of themselves when they were younger. And this, you know, the guys that played in the 80s and the 70s who didn't know anything mm. about taking care of themselves, they just beat themselves into their knees are shot, their ankle, you know, all these things. And, and, and we get, I, you know, I train people that are older and everybody gets wear and tear on it. But if you're, if you're doing things that's not just berating yourself for a long time, then you're going to be able to feel that, that confidence going more um, as you get older. And the other thing that you said that I, I thought about the, so the flip side of it is, and we kind of touched on a little bit is, is the confidence side of it. Like, Hey, do I feel okay to go do this? Um, so I had a woman, a mom tell me this. Actually, I've had multiple, multiple parents tell me this, but she wouldn't go, uh, into the pool or the beach or the water with her daughter because she didn't want to be in a bathing suit. So she would sit and she would just kind of watch. And and so now her daughter doesn't even ask her anymore. She only asks dad because she just assumes mom's going to say no. Because mom isn't confident enough to go into the water. And so that's, that's, there's the physically unable to, but there's like the, I don't feel good about myself because I haven't been doing all these things. 
and and they're not alone in that. Like I'll choose to go different, do different activities because I don't want to do X, Y, Z, or I will do it, but I'm going to be, I'm not going to be fully present with my kid because I'm thinking about how I look. And so that's where you're, you're either not doing something and you're, you're who it was. Um, it was Molly said this, Molly Galbraith said this at, at raise the bar. She said, I forget the statistics. I should pull it up, but it was like something like 80, 80 percent of women choose not to do activities because they're self-conscious about how they look, meaning 80 percent. And this is true, I think, for men as well, but maybe we don't, you know, manifest it in the same way. But don't. We're, we're, we're missing out on our life. We're foregoing our life because of how we feel about ourselves. And the consequences of that are devastating. And especially when the woman cried when she told me that story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's a heavy story to hear. And I think like whoever she is, you know, pat on the back for, for realizing it and, and admitting it and doing Mm -hmm. something, I I presume to, to work on fixing that or, or, or improving that in some way. But that's heavy because that kid is not ever going to forget that. And it's not, it's not even, it's just one of those subconscious things that the Mm -hmm. kid realizes or picks up on. It's not that they, that they know why or how or whatever. It's like, they just, Oh, well, mommy doesn't, mommy doesn't swim. Well, okay. Well, I swimming is a daddy activity. Oh, and mommy doesn't, uh, you know, run around the park. Mommy doesn't this. And so, okay, well, they don't, they don't understand why they just understand that you don't do it with them. And that, and that's, and that's heavy. And that would have, wide ranging consequences, I think, and things that we might not even realize that would have significant or possibly significant impacts on their actual life as they grow up and become adults. But that's, that's really heavy. And that's, that's the whole reason. Like, I think, you know, as young guys and whatever, and being jacked and shredded and whatever, like, that's cool. That's great. Like I'd love mm-hmm. lifting heavy weights and like doing the thing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It's not, it's not something to like to, to shit on, but no. these are real life things. These are the things that that matter. That is overwhelmingly going to take up more of your time. Even the way that you describe, like the the your trap bar deadlift PB at, at Luca's event, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, it was awesome. But like you know, hooray! And all right, on to the next thing. Like hitting a PB is yep. awesome. It's it's a great feeling. But like it's kind of then just like all right, well, take my shoes off and go home. Get on through my day. It's yep. <laughs> unless your unless your job is a, a pro athlete or something, then it matters. But that's not yep. most people infinitely better for me than that in the span of 24 hours was coming home and being able when my kid ran up to me and yelled daddy and smiled and ran up and I grabbed him and, and lifted him up above my head yeah. that was in like indescribably better for me um it, again there's nothing you know there's nothing bad about these things by any stretch of imagination of of wanting to lift or or being part of it or look good or there's no there's no qualms uh, about that and every season has has its own benefit um but there's something to the life that's lived outside of the gym yeah i think this is actually um a good a good point to transition just a little bit because i know that you're going through a fat loss phase and you've been doing an awesome job of documenting like the whole process on on your instagram Mm -hmm. which i can only imagine has been super helpful to people but can you just outline a little bit about one why you're doing it, and then two, like what your sort of rough structure is about how you're how you're going about this for yourself? 
So I, uh, there was kind of two sides of how I ended up here. So I, um, I spent, I've never really done, you know, I've never subscribed to the bulking and cutting mentality. Um, I've never really, you know, had a, had anything like that. And I've just always kind of been like, all right, I eat, I, since I've in the last, it's been probably seven plus years that I've kind of been on my fitness track and, and stayed consistent. I've always just kind of been like, all right, I eat the way that I eat and I kind of looking to kind of maintain and get stronger and, and whatever. And that's how I've done it. But this winter, I was like, I'm going to give it a whirl of try to add some muscle. Also with the mindset of I'm probably going to put on a little bit of fat with this because I also wanted to, I saw like full disclosure, I saw Jordan Syatt did this and then Daniel Rosenthal did this as well. And I was like, I think that that's really cool and would be beneficial because not, I think that it's easy for you and I to be like, oh, everybody's done this because we see Jordan and we see Daniel and we see other people doing this. And I'm like, most of the people that are following me aren't necessarily following those guys. And so maybe haven't seen this. And so I think it, I was like, it could be beneficial for people to see, you know, go through this. And then also I want to see what I can do for six months and put on a little bit of muscle and, and eat a little bit extra food. And then also it was just a nuts time. And I just kind of was, you know, a bunch of sick kids and everything else. And so it was a, maybe a little bit more fat than I maybe anticipated putting on, <laughs> but I ended up, and I don't really weigh myself when I did that. So I ended up you know, it was probably 10 to 12 pounds above where I normally live at, um, starting, uh, I'm about three weeks in right now. And so in the process of doing that, wanting to kind of then lean back out, I don't necessarily have a target goal weight. I don't necessarily have a, you know, body. Somebody asked me if I'm measuring my body fat percentage. I'm not doing any of that. I'll just know when, the the biggest indicator for me was I was like, all right, it's probably time to turn this around is, um, you know, you and I were, were trainers. I live in sweatpants most of the time um, or jeans, like stretchy jeans. But every, you know, every two weeks, my wife and I go on a date night and I put on some real pants and uh, those have a little <laughs> bit less give. And, and when it was starting to be like, these are getting a little snug. <laughs> Uh, every two weeks when I put these on the, um, all right, we probably want to go start to go the other direction now because this is starting to get a little uncomfortable and I'm not going to go buy new pants. Um, so that'll be an indication too. It's like, Hey, when those are fitting better and and comfortable then I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll, but it's just to feel kind of confident and run around the pool with my kids. Not that I don't necessarily right now, but, um, also to document it. Yeah. So so that's kind of what got me started on it. And then, and then. We, I actually did a similar thing like a couple of years ago. Again, I did it a little bit more extreme, which I which I somewhat regret because I went I went up like almost thirty pounds and then and then dropped oh, wow. that all. So that was like that was like a lot. And like I'm not very uh, not the tallest guy around. So like thirty pounds. No, that's a lot is, of weight for. It's a lot. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a lot of weight on your frame. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was interesting, but then but then same thing. Documented like the the, the process of getting it all off and how it all went. And and I I agree. I I think that you know I got a ton of good messages and still now get some messages about that. And because I think it's good mm-hmm. to show that like hey you can you can do this yeah. and here's how I'm doing it and and all that stuff. What is your process like now for for losing the weight? What do you how do you have your diet and training and stuff set up? Yeah. So my training is, is basically the same, um, as, as I was doing it before. So right now I'm in a stage of life where I can commit to three workouts a week. 
So I'm doing three strength training workouts a week. Um, right now I'm on a split, which again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend for most people. So I'm doing a push pull leg split. That would not necessarily be my recommendation for most people, but I've been training long enough that I can do it. And I know that I'll get those three workouts in. I have an optional fourth, which I get once or twice a month. Um, and that's just like a little metabolic kind of cardio circuit with some arms thrown in for kicks and giggles. But again, if, if I get that in great, if not, no big deal. Um, so that's from a training side of things, from a movement side of things, you know, uh, again, I'm not a big tracker of my steps. There's a bug flying around here. Um, I'm not a big, like, I think that it's great, but I, I've, this is the other part. Like there's things that I would, I would have somebody do, but I've, I've done it long enough that I know what it is, but I know that I'm hitting about eight to 10,000 steps a day. Um, and again, I don't care too much if it's eight or it's 10, like some days are going to be high because some days are going to be 12 and some days are going to be six. You know, I'm just I'm kind of averaging there with movement. And then from the nutrition side of things, I, I'm not again, I'm not a big tracker. The way that I do nutrition, I, I don't I'm not against tracking by any stretch of the imagination. I think that everybody at some point should track their their calories in some way, shape or form, because oftentimes we are unaware of how much we're eating. Um, so I know what it is that I'm eating basically by looking at it because I've done it for as long as I have. Um, but what I do for most people is I don't start with tracking and, and this is how I haven't done it yet, but I probably will here in the next uh, week or two. I'll probably track for a couple of days just to like, Hey, I'm kind of curious where I'm at with what I've been eating, but I basically just take what I've been eating, which was to, so for me, when I think about maintenance, if it's maintenance is here, I, if I eat this way and I know I'm going to stay about the same, I can either dial that up or I can dial that back by either making, I'm going to eat bigger portions or I'm going to eat higher calorie swaps. That's going to go up or I'm going to go the other way. So I'm going to go a little bit lower portions and I'm going to do a little bit lower calorie swaps. So the best example I can give is my breakfast. So I basically eat the same breakfast almost every day because it's delicious and it's easy and I don't have to think about it. So I do oatmeal with cinnamon and frozen blueberries. And then I do an egg scramble with hot sauce on it. So when I was in my trying to build muscle phase, I was doing six whole eggs for that scramble. Normally for me, I'm like a th three or four whole eggs with egg whites is like what maintenance is for me. Right now I'm at two whole eggs and like four egg whites. So it's it's kind of that that dial is is all that moves really. So yeah. in the change from six whole eggs down to two whole eggs and egg whites is somewhere in the realm of 350 calories. So that's that's a swap that I made out, right? I I so I'm adding protein in, I'm making some of those swaps um and then I'm I'm choosing lower calorie options where possible. So um and a little bit smaller portions. So another example that I give is uh, take a staple dinner for me and my house is we'll do like steak with roasted sweet potatoes and broccoli. When I was, you know, putting on some, some muscle, I was doing probably three, you know, I don't know if you've done the precision nutrition cupped handful, right? So three cupped handfuls of sweet potatoes on my plate. Normally I would do two. Now I'm doing one and I just fill in the voided space with broccoli. Yeah. So when I was in the muscle building phase, probably a third of my plate was the steak. 
probably half of my plate to another third of my plate was the sweet potatoes or probably half the plate sweet potatoes and the remaining amounts broccoli. It would be a third if I was at maintenance and now it's probably a quarter, you know, so it's just a little bit. Le- I'm eating the same foods, just a little bit less in that way. I, I think an important thing sense. just to just to no, that makes perfect sense to me because <clears throat> excuse me, that's how I that's how I do things for myself as well. I don't track. Yeah. I have tracked in the past. And so same as you, it's like it's it's hard to talk about it sometimes because I think we're both conscious enough to realize that this is like a little bit more advanced or like end stage kind of mm. nutrition where it's like, you know, roughly enough by eyeballing and like feeling your body and your hunger cues and all this stuff, like where you're at and what you need to do to either gain weight or lose weight or maintain your weight. And, and that's fine. But for someone who's never tracked, it's very hard to eyeball that. And so it sounds like so simplistic, like, Oh, just eat a little bit less potatoes or eat like two eggs instead of three eggs. And and it is really that simple, but you've got to have that awareness piece built in before you're confident enough to do that with some accuracy. I think another thing to highlight with that is, is the actual discipline of doing that because you're not tracking it. You, you by default have to impose more discipline on yourself where you stop that scoop of potatoes at the one cupped handful rather than "Eh, it's one in it's two, it's two, it's fine. I'm not tracking. I'm not writing it down. It's, you know, that's okay tonight. And, and like, that would be okay if you didn't want to lose body fat, but you do. So therefore it's not right. So, so I think yeah. those are just some important things to highlight about that, but, but I'm with you on like your, your system and I totally understand it and totally agree with it. But I think, you know, like you mentioned, it's probably not what you the do nuance for, for most there. clients as well. So, but again, building toward it premise wise is this way. What, what can we do in order to get to that end goal with a workaround? So, it's think about what am I going to add versus what am I going to take away? So if I think about my, my breakfast, as an example, I want to add usually for almost everybody is I want to add more protein or I want to add more vegetables or both, right? If you're adding those things, most people are chronically low on those things. So if I look at my breakfast, right, I want to add some protein to my breakfast. So let's just say, for instance, that I'm eating frosted flakes for breakfast. I'm just eating a bowl of frosted flakes. Well, instead of saying, all right, I gotta, I gotta go from frosted flakes to Jeff's breakfast. That's a large leap and you're going to oatmeal is going to taste like paste to you. <laughs> so we have to do this in, you know, intentionally and segmentally. So I'm going to I'm going to first thing is I'm going to add protein to this. So I'm going to add a source of protein, whether it's a protein shake, it could be eggs with egg whites, it could be Greek yogurt, it could be cottage cheese, whatever, it, hard boiled eggs, whatever it is that you want. I'm going to add it. So I'm going to eat that with my Frosted Flakes. That's step one. Step two would be, all right, If I'm once I'm getting enough protein, then I'm going to maybe start to do some lower calories, calorie swaps kind of along the spectrum. So if I'm eating Frosted Flakes, I can't go all the way to oatmeal. That's That's a long way away. So I'm going to go from Frosted Flakes to maybe Wheaties with some fruit in it. And then I'm going to go to like the instant oatmeal packets that are like apple cinnamon or whatever, you know, and and then maybe from there, I'm going to make my own version of it with some apples and some cinnamon. And now, but that's like a week or two at a time when you're getting yeah. used to it. So now all of a sudden I'm eating something that's lower calories, but it's, it's basically the same breakfast. It's how I pieced it together. This is what I did when I first started. And this is what I do with my clients. Same thing with a dinner. Let's just say that my dinner is steak and potatoes. Let's just say that that's what my my dinner is. It's steak and mashed potatoes. That's a pretty common thing. All right. Well, 
I don't necessarily need to add more protein to that. Maybe I get a leaner cut of beef or whatever it is, but yeah, I haven't, let's just say that I have enough protein on that. Where am I lacking? I'm lacking in vegetables. So let's add some broccoli to my plate. Well, inherently, I then have a little bit less room for potatoes. And I also probably have less room in my belly for potatoes because protein and broccoli are going to be filling. They're, they're fibrous, they're satiating, they're going to fill you up for not as many colors. So then I start adding a little bit more and I add a little bit more. And then maybe I start to swap out again the mashed potatoes with the sour cream and all this stuff in it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I start to swap that out for a lower calorie version of the same thing. So I go from that to, again, roasted potatoes. I put them in the oven, a little olive oil, salt, pepper. I roast them for 20 minutes and all of a sudden, and it doesn't have to be sweet potatoes, right? It could be regular potatoes, nothing wrong with that. But now all of a sudden, this looks a little different. And once I've done those activities and my meal looks like I'm in the ballpark, then I can start to track to get an idea of where I'm at versus if I come out of the gate and I'm eating frosted flakes and steak and mashed potatoes and I try to track it, I'm going to feel like crap (laughs) because I'm nowhere close to my targets and I haven't built the skills up to know how to get there. So starting with that and then eventually after you've tracked for enough time, maybe you keep doing it forever and that's perfectly fine or maybe you've done it long enough to know, all right, I can look at this and I know roughly where I'm at. But it's you have to have the skills necessary to do it. So it's it's like if you went to the gym and somebody put 225 on the bench and you've never done a push up before, like you're you're (laughs) going to get buried underneath this. It's the same idea of telling somebody who's eating the typical American diet to try to track their calories and hit these macro totals when they don't have the skills necessary to do it. Now, tracking is important, like you said to be able to get there and know what it is that you're doing. But we have to kind of get closer to it before we start to bring that into it. And then maybe eventually you can ditch it or some people just do it forever. And that's perfectly fine too. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. I'm, I'm very much of the mind of like, let's make quote unquote healthier swaps. And I think we don't have to get too granular about that, but like Mm-hmm. We know that Frosted Flakes are probably not the best breakfast, despite what the commercial says, you know, part of a nutritious breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's Great. not really part of like, yeah, it's not really part of a nutritious <laughs> breakfast. So like, let's, let's, <clears throat> let's fix the obvious issues here and then mm-hmm. we can start to get granular about, well, how many grams of oatmeal, how many grams mm-hmm. of, uh, of steak or potatoes or, or whatever. And then we can start to fix that. But it's like, What's I, I think that it's almost pointless to be tracking if your if your meal if your daily food is like frosted flakes for breakfast, McDonald's for uh for lunch, and then you got like a you know, a takeout dinner of some whatever, something else for, for dinner. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just let's just make something easier changes here because it's not just about fat loss and just about calories. Like your life shouldn't be consumed by those things or are there health implications? Like, yes, you can lose weight by eating yeah. McDonald's, but no, it's not a good strategy. Like a good, a good uh, mm-hmm. example of that actually is Jordan Syatt's big Mac challenge video, which is a very yeah. famous video for him. And it's like, yeah, he lost weight doing it, but yeah. he says like, he feels like crap and didn't really enjoy it, but he did it for the sake of the video. And we're doing it and it can be done, but doesn't mean that it should be done. So making some just swaps to, uh, to build up the habit. And then you can start to get granular about tracking. And like for most people, they can more or less at least get the ball rolling and hit their goal most of the way there without really having to, to track. If you get, if you get intelligent about just being aware of what you're eating. 
Yeah, well, that's the awareness piece of it, right? Because a lot of people, I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with somebody where they're like, when I ask them how their nutrition is, and they're like, it's terrible. It's just awful. Like most people are like, I eat pretty healthy. And <laughs> and and they might actually eat what they think is relatively healthy. And and for maybe yeah. even their main meals, it's it's halfway decent. But it's it's not that, right? It's the stuff in between. It's the grazing. It's the snacking. It's the evening stuff and things like that. And so that's where, again, if you can make those meals something that's like the reason why i eat that breakfast every day is because it's once well, quick i don't have to think about it. it's also delicious like i'm like i'm never sitting here being like oh my gosh now is french toast better than oatmeal with blueberries 100 percent it is yeah and and that doesn't mean that i never eat french toast but the idea that i'm going to do this with with relative consistency means that i'm not starving in like you can imagine eating that amount of food i'm not starving again in two hours yeah and so, and I eat that amount of food at dinner. I'm not starving again in two hours to go into, you know, eat a whole bag of pirate's booty. Yeah. And so having that, and then also giving yourself the flexibility to, and I'm sure you talk about this. I know you talk about this all the time, but the flexibility to um, not be a hundred percent all the time. So allowing yourself the the ability to choose those things that really matter to you so like my son's birthday we talked about my son's birthday was two days ago the idea that i was not going to have a slice of cake on my son's birthday is ridiculous i don't care if i'm in a fat loss phase it's absolutely absurd the idea that i'm gonna you know go out to drinks with a buddy and order water is ridiculous i'm gonna like no there's nothing wrong with that like if you want to get water and whatever there's no there's no benefit to any of these things, but the, the, the psychological benefit of the flexibility that comes from not having to adhere a hundred percent to this is so vitally important. So actually during this fat loss phase, one of the things that I'm doing that is atypical for me in the wrong direction, quote unquote, is I'm drinking more alcohol than I normally do by like four or five times. Like I might have a drink on those date nights when I go out with my wife, like two drinks every two weeks kind of thing total. I'm doing like a drink every other night right now just for the sake of showing that there's no reason there's like it's not the thing it's not the alcohol it's yeah. not the it's the the what comes with it it's yeah. where we where it expands out it goes this way and so when we try to adhere all or nothing that's in the same way with the gym we talked about earlier that's where we can get tripped up yeah and I think even on that Another thing that you've been doing really well is highlighting the ups and downs of your weight yeah. fluctuations day to day, where it's like son's birthday party, birthday cake, had a drink, whatever, weight goes up the next day, no problem. You zoom out and you, you post that I think it was yesterday or the day before that yeah. the, the, your three week weight chart and you see like the ups and downs in the graph. But like if you draw a line of best fit, if you go to, you know, grade back to grade nine mm -hmm. math class, it's like it's <laughs> trending downwards and like yeah. There you go. So like that's that's the thing to, to to also keep in mind is that you're not gonna be perfect every day and the weigh ins or whatever stats you measure are going to reflect that. But as long as you zoom out a little bit and don't get so bogged down on the day to day changes and you're doing the right things, you're gonna see success. And you just gotta keep that long game in mind because it's not a short journey. And unless you are stepping on stage for a bodybuilding competition or something like that, there's no reason that your fat loss journey can't take a, an extra week or an extra couple of days or whatever, right? If you're stepping on stage, 100%. yeah, you're not having a margarita, you're not having a piece of cake no. and all that stuff, but you're not doing that. So you can do those things, enjoy your life, do your thing, and that's it. And away you go. 
Well, and here's the other thing. You can be quote unquote perfect for a day and the weight can still go up. Yeah. And you can be imperfect for a day and the weight goes the other direction. The, the biggest thing, and it's been, it's been fun for me to see because I don't tend to weigh myself very often at all. Um, but I know that this happens with clients. So it's been interesting to see my body do it. Dude, there have been days where I'm like, oh, I'm totally expecting it to go up today and it goes down. And then I'm like, why would it have gone down? And then you have to do the like arithmetic as to why this, this is going. And there's so many factors that can affect that. And, and I say this all the time. The difference between the highest weight on these these past three weeks and the lowest weight for me is five pounds. But the average weight from week one to this week is two and a half. So if I took the averages of every day from week one to every day last week, it's two and a half pounds. So I probably only lost two and a half pounds, but there have been wild fluctuations, yeah. high peaks and low valleys during that time. And so... and the steadiness of it is not going to be linear. You're going to have those those blips up and down, but are we trending in the right direction? And it's taken me three weeks to see to even be able to see that trend because there was a stretch for seven days where my weight was basically within a half a pound for seven straight days during this. And then it ticked up and then it plummeted down like a pound and a half overnight. Like these right. things just happen and it's part of the journey and we have to kind of detach from the emotional oh, what did the scale say this morning? And just be like, it doesn't matter what it said because I know what, I did, what I'm what i doing. And and that's yes. where trusting trusting the path that you're on is important. Yeah, as long as you're doing the right things and you know that the, the right things should happen and you give it a long enough time. If, you, if it's been three weeks and you've been doing everything correct, quote unquote, like, you know, you've been on point or so you think, and after three weeks, you've seen no change at all, no clothes fitting different, no change on the scale, no anything, no, nothing tangible. Then you can say, all right, I'm, I'm probably like something's off here. Like I'm either not tracking or I'm not doing something right. I'm, something is happening where it's been three weeks. There's been no change. That is uh, I think a valid like amount of time. But if you you know look at the last two days, I'm like, oh shit, my weight spiked up. I should starve myself today. Like that is, there's not enough time to be anything irrelevant because like you said there are so many factors and to even try and figure out on a day-to-day basis why your weight blipped up or blipped down you'll never be able to figure out that exact answer sometimes it might be obvious like all right i had a a, i had a later meal sometimes it's obvious but sometimes it's really not obvious and trying to figure it out is just a useless endeavor that's only going to make your head spin and probably make you feel worse about something that doesn't really matter yeah and Here's the other thing. This is also why weighing yourself, you either need to weigh yourself every single day or you can't weigh yourself really at all. Because <laughs> yeah. if I had taken, again, if I had taken some of the, like I just happened to weigh myself in the higher days, I would feel like nothing has changed. Right. Or I might have caught myself on a really low day and then it went up three days later. And I'm like, well, what? Because my weight, again, go three days ago was my all, you know, all time low, quote unquote, on this on this fat loss phase. My weight today is a over a pound and a half higher than that number. And I, and if I had missed that and it's about the same as it was a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I, if I had missed all of that, I would be like, I'm not freaking making any progress at all. So this is why you, you need to either when it comes to the scale, you either need to weigh yourself every single day and track it like that, or you need to put it away and just not have that and use some of those other things that we talked about. Take measurements, 
progress photos. Those usually take four to six weeks to see any progress. Same thing with your clothes. Measurements you can do every couple of weeks to see it. But you have to, you can't like let, or you weigh yourself at just a random time with, oh, I wonder yeah. what I weigh right now. Like that's just a, <laughs> it's a, it's a really good way to upset yourself. Like if I went and weighed myself right now, I would weigh probably two pounds heavier than I did this morning. Especially if you weigh yourself with clothes or on some random scale, like that you just walk by because <laughs> they're different <laughs> calibrations, you know, yeah. it's just like, it's a good way to make yourself angry. Yeah. It's such a good point because you can't possibly accurately predict the the spikes in the in the valleys and so if you just randomly do it you might hit all of the high days or a high day and then a really low day and then so you have this really false sense of what's actually going on so i think that's actually like a fair thing to say you do it every day first thing in the morning after you go to the bathroom without any clothes on or don't do it at all because otherwise you're just you're just guessing and you're probably doing yourself more of a disservice than anything that's helpful or useful in any way 100 percent 100 percent Good stuff, man. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate you. Yeah. Of course. Is there anything else that you wanna that you wanna get to? We're we're over an hour here, but I mean, we can definitely keep going. Is there anything else you feel like we've we've left on the table here? Oh man, we've we've left, I'm sure, many, many things on the table, but uh no, I mean nothing <laughs> nothing necessarily comes comes to mind. Uh, you know, I feel like we hit on quite a few uh important pieces here. Um so I, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, cool. Personally. Yeah, man. It was, it was great for me as well. I appreciate you. Um, let people know where they can find you, your podcast, your social media handles. I'll put all in the, um, in the show notes and stuff, but rattle off for, for everyone. Yeah. Uh, so social media, Instagram, it's uh, Jeff Delzell fitness. So last name is D A L Z E L L. Um, and then podcast is the dependable dad podcast got to get you on daniel i know we chatted about it and you had a yeah. crazy schedule so gonna get you on uh just getting getting his feet under it but uh we're we're i'm proud of the things that that have the information that's there so i am i'm very proud of it. I had some great guests on um for that as well um and then i have a community on facebook for uh parents but also there are some non-parents in there uh, called the fit and present parent community um, if you want to check that out where I post some extra stuff in there as well. Amazing. I will link all those things. I think a, a good thing for you to to know, I'm, you may have already know this, but stats on podcasts, I don't remember the exact number, but it's like 80% of podcasts don't get past episode three and like 90 plus percent of podcasts don't get past episode seven. So just by being Crush past him. episode seven, you're in like the top 5% of all podcasts of all time. So, and not that I'm anything I special, feel, but I've just put those stats <laughs> like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. Cause I'm on, uh, I think episode 13 or 14, but, uh, yeah, still, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy being a guest on it. I like having, having conversations and I like exactly like you talk about to be able to, to, to kind of go into nuance that social media, um, does not as well. And I got some things in the works too, that I'm excited to, to do with that. And then also, um, like we were chatting about beforehand, uh, email list and, and start to do some, some guides and, and some written stuff as well. Blog posts, things like that. I like, I like some of the longer form stuff cause you, you don't have to abandon nuance, uh, yeah. as we oftentimes have to do on, on social media and, uh, fitness and nutrition and health are, are nuanced topics as we have uh, discovered here today. Like we really, I mean, we talked about a lot, but we really talked about two things, you know, and yeah. that kind of like, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. fleshed them out and yeah. try and uh, fit that and try and fit that in two uh, tweets. You know, <laughs> cannot do it, man. Yeah. cannot do yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, Amazing, awesome. man. I'm well, thank you very me. much. Uh, definitely lots coming down the pipe that I'm excited for you. Dependable Dad Podcast, Jeff Dalzell Fitness on, on Instagram. I'll link those in the in the show notes and many more big boy moves coming up. And dare I say, time, <laughs> to, time to raise the bar. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough uh, comedy for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to leave the, leave the people with here in closing, Jeff? No, it was, it was great to have you. I hope, uh, hope this was valuable for everybody. Please reach out. You know, I'm, I'm very much, and I'd love it if you, if you hear this and, and you, you know, catch it, I would love to kind of have you come along, uh, this journey on this fat loss thing for me. It really has uh, been one of the bigger conversation starters and, and opening things for a lot of people getting a lot of positive feedback from it, as I know you did as well, um, for people kind of saying like, wow, this is, this is really opened my eyes to, to some of these things. And I try to post stuff that's kind of along with it, what I'm doing and also why, why I think the, the scale might've gone up or down or, or whatever day to day. So, um, and you can, there's a highlight on my story too, so you can catch yourself up on what's going on, but would love to have you come along and, and reach out and let me know that you, you found me here and would love to chat more. Absolutely. Amazing. Everyone give Jeff follow on Instagram, Jeff Dalzell Fitness. You will find all that information and more there. Give the podcast a share, a rating review on iTunes, Spotify, all the places helps this message get out there and helps more people help more people. So that's that. I appreciate each and every one of you. Give me a follow as well at Daniel Yours if you're not already. And um, that's that. Go outside, be a good person. We'll chat soon.